SMQBs, this is episode 91. Ouch, we are smarting from a rough wrap-up to the USA's first match in the World Cup. But the show must go on. We cover the NFL uh, week 10 wrap-up. Uh, actually, I guess it's week 11. They're all running together at this point. Uh, we also get into the World Cup. College football, a little F1 wrap-up. And then what we're thankful for this Thanksgiving punchable face of the week because we can't go without that and a really good Ted Lasso. Hey, check this out. Leave us a five star review. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. SMQB's episode 91, coming off a heartbreaking draw on the pitch. Ouch. Ouch. That really really hurt. That sucked. Cheaters. That's what I'm talking about. That was was rough. We'll get to that in a little bit. I just listened to an entire match in Spanish. Take your your prince prince and go back to Wales, fuckers. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. But first, this was the 74th overall pick in the 1989 NHL draft. I got it. I, I think I got to get this. What number is this? 91. Was he a Detroit Red Wing? He was. Is it Sergei Fedorov? Yes, a very impressive. You looked this wow. up. No, I did not. I thought you were going to go with Fletcher Cox, but Sergey Fedorov has to be in the ninety-one oh, yeah, mix. Fletcher Cox was <laughs> right there. You, yeah. you thought that's who I was going. It was, with? Why not? It was, it was I mean, so close. It was so close. Between but I, I really a jump ball. Fedorov is like he was one of the best. Yes, he really was. Yeah, he was. Of that team. 100. So was that team. Yeah, they were. That team was was crazy good. Yep. Yeah. I actually uh, saw them win a Stanley Cup because the Caps played them one year, and uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. It they was swept. Pretty. They swept the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. One of the games was eight nothing. I don't even know how many goals Fedorov had in that series, but he he was unstoppable. He was unstoppable, particularly in the playoffs. So, all right, well, House, that was impressive. Uh, I think you have the floor uh, to talk a little NFL after after sweeping up with Fedorov there. Do you have uh, Bison? Do you, do you have the word that begins with an H? Do you have it? Do do you have hope? Oh, here it is! It's behind him. I hope every single one of our listeners looks at our Facebook this week and looks behind the Bison. He's got the hope. It starts with the W. It's got hail to well, the Commanders playing what in I, the background. What I, what I have there was the pile driver move. Did you see this yesterday? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a little little on the extreme side. You know, um, if you beat the Falcons, you're probably going to the playoffs. I well, mean, wait, if, if the 49ers lose tonight, they're seventh seed, right? Yes. Yeah. That, that is true. There's so many teams in the mix. It's just way too early. I will say the defense is playing out of this world good. I mean, without Chase Young yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, the Alabama you know boys yards, are kicking it in. Not that Houston is very good, but do you know how many yards they had at halftime yesterday? How many? Five. Wow. They had the commander's defense was my highest scoring player on my fantasy team this year, this week. Yeah. They, <laughs> the defense is playing what you would expect it, what, what we've expected it to be for the last three years. So the defense is great. And uh, Heineke seems to be competent. You got a shot. You got a shot uh, every week at this point. What so do you think I'll take that. The and, the, and the Giants free fall has officially commenced. So you could, you could get in there. Every time I turn on a Giants game, it's to your point, Rooster. Every time I turn on a Giants game, I'm literally saying, who? Like, who? Who right. who, who are the people in this field? Now, Wandale, Wandale's hurt. Got an mm-hmm. ACL. He's out. Yeah. So, well, that so means you don't have to throw the ball to Kenny Galladay more than twice a game. That means uh. you're primed to beat the Cowboys in, in Dallas on Thanksgiving <sighs> right. Day. We have zero receivers, and Evan Neal is hurt. But I'll say this on the line. I, 
I, I don't think you lost to a bad team. I, I'm going to stick. No, with I agree with that. that. The Lions, we're back to week one with the Lions. Or they're they're improving. <laughs> they're an improving team. I was wrong about the Jags. I was right about the Lions. The they Lions smoked are, us too. They, I think it wasn't they've won close. three in a row. It was never. Yeah, I think close. they have three they have. in a row. Yeah, Lions are. They got a good offense. You know, I don't want to leave this week, but you know that this is definitely the slate right now on paper is the best Thanksgiving day of games that we've ever had. I mean, yeah, I it's not even close. Agreed. We've got Bills and the Lions. We've got a very interesting Cowboys-Giants game, and we've got Patriots-Vikings. Those are three very good games. Yeah. Of course, um, we thought I, the Vikings-Cowboys was going to be an interesting game, too. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah we best the best thing that happened in that game was CBS cutting away to another game. Right, right. Yeah, they cut away from Nance and Romo to another game. <laughs> That was awesome. wow. Was it the rule? But excuse me, before we do talk about week 11, uh, because of when we record podcasts, I think it's important. Oh, no, we wrap. We have to wrap up. Week no, 10, don't we? No, that's that's not part of our rules. We don't do that. We, we didn't don't. cover the Monday, the Monday <laughs> we, night. We game. don't. We don't do that. You said we weren't going to talk about it. Yeah, you said we're not going to talk about it. You are changing the rules. Lucky just, that you guys won that game yesterday. You are so fucking lucky. Yeah, it would oh, have been a brutal. In fact, it we is taking, ironic that the refs. We were taking odds match. on. We were taking odds on whether you would show up for this pod if you lost yesterday. I wouldn't have, but I. <laughs> <laughs> the refs so missed an important face mask, or else you would have lost. You don't go to Indianapolis and just beat Jeff Saturday. No, okay? you don't just beat <laughs> Jeff Saturday <laughs> and Maddie Ice. <laughs> their you offense guys, is atrocious you guys know that after the commanders shredded our defensive line running the ball against us we 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 called up state farm and we said can we have the two fat insurance agents that just joined you in linville have, uh, linville joseph and the domica sue these guys were cast off they By the were way, they were I on the street pick up the Sioux and Limville Joseph. Limville Joseph was the highest rated player on the field for the Eagles yesterday. They stuffed after the first drive by Jonathan Taylor. They stuffed the run and played incredible defense. Um, so, I mean, that was a good move. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, what we saw in the NFL yesterday is – Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes saying, I want the MVP. No, I want the MVP. No, I'm going to put this team on my shoulders in the fourth quarter. No, I am. Did you guys watch the end of that Mahomes game? I mean, uh, Chiefs. Excuse me. Did you? Who'd you say? Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. What quarterback had the best game yesterday? Oh, don't even. Oh, come on. He had come two on. incompletions. So His what? His passer rating is like 150. So what? The- Against the Vikings at home? Come one, on. One souffle does not a chef make. Easy oh, there, Pope. Oh, he's had, a, he's had one. One souffle does not a chef make. He's had one or two good games on the season. Yeah. On the season. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even for his career. You yeah. have Medi- We have mediocre. six games to go, and Hertz won't even be in the MVP conversation when it's done. Oh, Ooh. okay. Whoa. I don't know how to put a wager on that, but I'd like to do that. Yes. Wow. Well, I mean, how do you define conversation? <laughs> Keep drinking red stripe, Pope. I yeah. mean, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Going, going, going back to though, I was asking, did you guys see the end of the Chiefs game? No, I, mean, I did not. The, the The play is the play is throw to Travis Kelsey, and it'll be a touchdown. So, so it's, that it, it's unbelievable. It reminds me of uh, the Bills Chiefs yes. playoff game last year. I mean, guard the one guy on the team that they have left. He's going to throw the ball to Travis Kels. Well, I mean, wh- why is that such a mystery? Double team them. Yes. Double team right. them. I mean, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Double team Travis Kels. <laughs> I mean, good God. <laughs> I, I, he so, might have added that, the Not that it almost cost me a fantasy game or anything. Well, well it was it was good to see Herbert back a little bit. The guy can throw, but he makes dumb throws too. He's still a he's still he's still a young quarterback making dumb throws. That uh, that coach has to be on the hot seat, right, Staley? Yep. Yeah, there's too much talent there. Yeah, yeah. But they, he's, he's got problems. They still need offensive line. It's still. I, I think Wait, the NFL, they're only one game out of the playoffs still, though. Right. Right. The NFL remains 
very unpredictable. I mean, without Jalen saving them on that drive, the Eagles lose to the Colts. The, the, the Vikings who were on this unstoppable train and beat the Bills, you know, come home and lay an egg. Um, the Detroit Lions, who are still the Detroit Lions, come. The Giants were playing good football. The, the NFL is so unpredictable. Nothing surprises me in any of these games. Dallas lost to Green Bay last week and then yeah. comes in and does that to Minnesota. Decimates them. That was I mean, just insane. humiliating. Disciple, if you were there. <laughs> well, Sorry. But, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that is on the shoulders of whoever's calling the plays for the Vikings. You cannot do just straight drop back passing against that defensive line of the Cowboys. It's a, it's a fucking jailbreak. Every time you, you drop back the pass the ball and, and Kirk cousins is not the guy to get away from that kind of a rush. I mean, they should have been trying to run the ball more. You're going to chalk it up to a bad matchup, but is that a, no, I think it was poor coaching. I think it was good coaching by by Dallas. By, then. by Dallas, yeah, but by down the, Dalvin Cook by the Vikings. No, yeah. What what's the status with Parsons? He's hurt. I think he's fine. My guys say okay. he's fine. Well, those were diametrically opposed. Uh, Pope, comments. Pope, uh, Pope has that's inside SM, information. That's the SMQBs. We only have the best information for you, <laughs> listeners. Pope, he, Pope's let's guys. put it this way. Uh, it would take a freight train running over for him not to play on Thanksgiving Day on national television against the fucking Giants. Let's put it that way. Okay, yeah. but it was still right. dumb. T- talk about dumb coaching. I mean, they were up. Oh. Pope, you've well, we been on a, this all the time in the past. We have a dumb coach, so that's not hard. Up 34 points. I don't think you have Micah Parsons on the field. No, right. Like Pope somebody needs to in. steal his helmet from him <laughs> and, you know, hide under a bench or something. Subbing Parsons for Pope. That's what they should have done. I yeah. think we, we all agreed that uh, Josh McDaniel and the Raiders were not going to win another game. And then we forgot that they get to play Russell Wilson. How <laughs> <laughs> well, did that happen? Who's getting oh. booed by the home crowd more than Russell Wilson? No year? one. Anyone? No one. It's not even close. What? I Ooh. mean, is it him or is it his coaches? What is it? Oh, I, well, he, he's I, played like shit. Pete uh, Carroll he, didn't seem too upset Russell to lose. Wilson. Yeah. I mean, he's just bad. Yeah. And how would you like to be the Jets fans, believing that you've got a chance oh, this year? Oh, believing that you've got a chance. And what set your franchise back about 20 years was letting go of Bill Belichick, only to have him never, ever lose to you. And then on the last play of the game, essentially, you give up a punt return for a touchdown to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. That was, ouch. How would you Ouch. like to be that defense? Give, the defense gives up three points for the entire game and loses. Ouch. And, and and Zach Wilson, did you hear his comment when they said, do you feel like you've let the defense down? You know what his answer? No. 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 I mean, there's grow probably up, some veteran linebacker who's going to take him aside. He needs and, to grow uh, up. I think it's a, I think it's a swing and a miss, but I, I I would be curious to know if in the history of the playoffs it has ever been two entire divisions in both conferences made the playoffs because it could legitimately happen with the AFC East and the NFC East sending every team to the playoffs. Yep. I, I doubt that's yep. ever happened. That's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. There's no way two divisions at the, in the same season, right? That can't have happened before. Well, I'm I'm so, I'm almost certain it hasn't because they just expanded the playoffs in the last couple of years to three teams. The thing, but, the thing that I love to keep reminding Milk about is that every team in both of those divisions would be in first place in the NFC South right now. <laughs> yes, that's true. This is what, I, is had, what I had to deal true. with with you guys for like six years. So <laughs> yeah, and you rubbed it in our face. <laughs> When you were winning at seven and nine. Milk, well, I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves with locks and everything, but what would you say coming off the bye with the Bucks at the Browns? You have that one chalked down as a chalked up as a win. That's my that's my pick this week. That's my Plaxico pick. Oh wow, preview. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're going should, with the Browns. Maybe we should just go there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to start. Well, well let's, let's I see mean, how I, we did think, last week. Let me tell you how we did last week. <laughs> oh, damn it. We suck. So, so Bison had the Vikings minus one and lost that one by a a teeny bit. 
and he drops to three seven. He lost that by thirty eight points. The Vikings. Me and me and Pope both did the dumb drinking the Giants Kool Aid, and Pope dropped a seven and four, and I dropped a five and six. Milk. Uh, took the bills. I got nine, screwed. Nine and a half got screwed at the end. No, and I got screwed on the changing of the game. That is well, that's true that too. Would have killed him. That's true Bullshit. too. So you dropped a five and six, and so that gave a chance for our basement dweller to make some noise. Taking the commanders minus two and a half, he covers and moves the rooster up to four and seven, putting our resident basement dweller in fantasy football <laughs> bison in the basement <laughs> of. The Plaxicolocks. Excuse me. I am. I believe I'm top five in fantasy football. Right oh, now. he went from top one to top five real fast. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, courtesy of the papal com- papal crusaders? Well, between Rooster and Pope, yeah, of course it might have something to do with Jamar Chase being out too. So, all right. Oh, so, Mil- you're chomping at the bit to get to your week twelve pick. Yeah, I, I, I look. I think. The Bucks are about to go on a run here. I'm saying it. Watch wow. it happen. Whoa! Yep. Run a, a run of covering, or we've got we've got all of our players back. Offense is looking good. I like what Julio Jones is doing. Brady's divorce now. Don't <laughs> underestimate how important that is. Is Jensen uh, back? No, he's not back. But uh, uh, Hicks is doing great for for the defense. Um, Bucks what minus three. three. Three? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Tampa all day. Okay. Book it. Oh, I got it booked. Okay, Dano. Uh Rooster, you want to go? I'm going to stick with the same strategy as last week and go against the worst team in the league. I'm taking Miami over the Texans. Miami is favored by a lot. Let me just see how many there. Yeah, like eleven and a half. Minus twelve. Well, twelve and a half. Well, they're going to win by 14. All right. We got you down. Half. Minus 12 on score. Um, Bison? Yeah, I've, I've got the same one. I the I was not impressed with Houston. They are they are bad. So I'm taking Miami also. 12 and a half on the score. Okay. Um, we'll take 12, though. We'll take 12. So I think the Lions... No, are, you're gonna go there. I, I just think no. that they're making they're making improvements. They normally play close and well at home on Thanksgiving. That's true. It's a nationally televised game, and they normally play close at home. I cannot believe the Bills are minus nine at the Lions on Thanksgiving. So it's a lot of points. I'm taking the Lions plus nine. I like that. I like it. All right, Pope. Yeah, you're still, I'm, you're still in the lead. I know, and I'm I'm again kind of fucking around here, but I I I think this Cincinnati Tennessee line is just really interesting because um, I don't know who's buying stock in the Bengals all of a sudden, but they're favored at Tennessee by Weird. one and a half. Weird, isn't that what you have? One and a half? Yeah, it's minus one, but whatever. Okay, well then, <laughs> give me the Titans and the minus one. Titans plus one. Tannehill is looking yeah, pretty damn one. good too. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, King Henry loves to run. So that was my. Second I don't think play. the Bengals can stop him. Well, there you have I, it. Everybody rushed to the betting window on the Titans. They all, yeah. when people shit on the Titans, that's when they do three. the best. I know. I think six in a row or something like that. Yeah, I don't get it. They're good. Every seven and three team is hopeful right now, except the Giants. So yeah. we'll we're we're seeing the beginning be of the end at seven. They're going going the wrong way, huh? Yeah. Rooster, you not are you like playing Jedi here, or you just don't think you have a chance on Thursday? I think we. I think the fact that we have an a now injured offensive line and zero receivers is going to catch up to us against the good teams. House, are are you at all worried about two fairly lackluster offensive performances? Not really. Hello? Not hmm. really. I think uh, one, we are really, really missing Godert on offense, and that's not going to change. So I am a little worried about that, but I think they're going to start to figure out how to replace that. I think on defense, we're really missing Jordan Davis in the middle and Avante Maddox um, 
in the nickel package. I think we'll be okay. I will say we're not the same team that started out 8-0 because we're turning over the ball, which we didn't do in the beginning, and we're injured, which we weren't in the beginning. I think if we get healthy and stop turning over the ball, we'll be right back where we were. And fortunately, we gave ourselves like a really, really big head start. I mean, we win a couple games. We have 11 wins. Yeah. So it's all about getting the home field. And unfortunately, we were sending a thank you to the Cowgirls yesterday. That helped the home field. No kidding. It definitely helped. Yeah. You're welcome. I think we got to mention um, uh, Cordell Patterson. Yeah. With the uh, uh, 103 yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. He's the all time uh, leader now with nine kickoff returns for touchdowns so he he's uh in the record books right now impressive record yeah he, somebody on espn today called him code daryl <laughs> Stephen a yeah. i don't know who I need, I need made the, me question whether i was mispronouncing his name all the time. <laughs> i need the commanders to beat the falcons i'll tell you that the you know you you they you certainly can hope thing you brought up the hope thing house at the beginning. Perhaps the, the most hopeful thing about the commanders is that was a game they should have won. And they should going into yes. Houston like that. And they should have won it in the manner that they did win. Yes. It. And that's the exact kind of game that over oh, the last 20 years, you know, when we got a little momentum going, we'd come out and lose a game that we shouldn't. And uh, you know, there's something to be said for, for an organization that can go in and take care of business when they should. And, and so that was one that was actually sort of hopeful because it just felt like this is the kind of game we always, always fall apart in. Can we talk about so. a football team and not an organization? Please don't give credit to the organization. We can give credit to your football fair. team, but not That's your organization. Fair. That's and, fair. And I just, yeah, I, just I just saw a uh, breaking news that should heighten your f- hopes further for Sunday that Kyle Pitts has now gone to IR. So he has suffered an injury and they're they're saying he's out for the year. That's a big, big, big part of your, uh, their offense that's coming at you. Look out for Drake Landon. That's a shame. Yeah. Drake London. All right. That's the NFL. All right. Well, I think we got to go, uh, wait, yeah. Milk, you got something there? No, I was just going to say, um, what has happened to the Rams is really disgusting. I've never seen it. A super has a Super Bowl winner ever tanked like this a year after? I don't. I, I think this is a historic turnaround. I mean, it's crazy. They're terrible. And is it much? Is the team much different? I, I, I they, they're just they're a really bad football team. I don't understand how they won the Super Bowl last year. I don't know what's changed. I mean, I think I, I give you two words: Sony Michelle. <laughs> oh, oh God! God. <laughs> yes, Echo, you, you might you might have wanted to use the two words Von Miller more than Sony yeah. Michelle, but maybe it was Von Miller. Maybe sticking with our theme of only the best analysis on, <laughs> on podcasts. Sony Michelle was ripping it off for them at the end of last oh, year. Boy. They have no running game right now. Cam makers, That's, that is true. Daryl Henderson sucks. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the. Oh well, we got we did our uh, our locks, so we're all good there. And uh, we got three games on Thanksgiving Day this week, so uh, a little early football. Gobble, gobble. Can't, can't yeah. wait. Yeah. All right. So leaving the NFL behind, we'll go to the other uh, football because uh, we got. I think we got to talk World Cup, right? House. It, it's upon us, and uh, you know. A lot of sports washing is going on to make Cutter and this tournament uh, look pretty. So let's just focus on what's going on the pitch so we don't have to uh, ignore all the things like not allowed to drink beer and slapping Danish television cameras out of their hands and all the other ugliness that's going on there. But it is underway. Um, It's, I think, going to be a great, great couple of weeks of soccer in the round robin stage. Unfortunately, like we said, we just started the pod off a bruising, bruising second half deflation of the USA team to take a 1-1 tie against Wales. We're probably going to need either a draw against England or a huge goal differential against Iran the way England did to Iran today. Uh, But I think all the the big guns are not out yet. Uh, 
you know, what we saw today with the Netherlands and what we saw England, they're kind of a bigger gun, what we saw yesterday with Ecuador, but we haven't seen the France and the Belgium and the Germany and the Spain and all and the Brazil. I think the big news as the week gets underway is injuries. Uh, Kareem Benzema is out for France. Um, uh, there was another injury that's escaping. Oh, oh, Romelu Lukaku is out at least the first two games for Belgium. I mean, these are significant injuries to the fortunes of these teams. So keep an eye on the healthiest team. That that's gonna that's gonna be a big part of this. What's coming up, Black Friday House? Black Friday. Let our is, listeners know is England USA at two p.m. Fucking revolutionary war, bitches. Yes. Right now, we are undefeated in wars against England. So let's hopefully we will keep that up. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for the Battle of Lexington or Aldoha or whatever it is on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we have a chance? I think so. I, I, I think I think what you saw today out of um, England is not really what i mean they were playing against like almost nothing there was there was no competition uh they they do they do definitely have a lot of firepower on the front line but their roster is ridiculous yeah uh and their midfield their forwards are very good but i still think they're i think we're gonna have to play a disciplined game wait for the counterattack, um and and hopefully punch it home when, when we get that on the counter. But I think we have a chance. I definitely think we have a chance to keep it close and get in a draw. I mean, don't, don't you think this is going to look a lot like England's going to dominate the pitch and we're going to work about, you know, counter strikes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to dominate. Sure. Yeah. Their ball skills are better than ours. No question. They have a very good possession game. Their front line is very, very good. Their goalie's good, but their back line definitely has some questions. Um, Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire. I mean, I don't for reasons I don't even understand. They've got Trent Alexander Arnold on the bench. Uh, I, I don't get that. I I think that if we can get up on the counter and on the set pieces like corners and free kicks, I think we have a chance. Important we'll score first. So if. If for those who don't understand the game of soccer, like 99% of our listeners, what is like, how would you compare England? Is England like the Chiefs and the US is like who? Mm, That's a good one. I would say England is like the Titans, okay, Tennessee Titans. And I would say the US. Is Falcons Ooh. a little bit better than that? A little bit better than that? I don't know. Commanders? Our, our oh. passing, our, are we the commanders? Are, they, we, are we the commanders? I our think passing commanders. isn't great, and our and we foul way too much. To be fair, it, the 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 commanders is a good reference because our organization is a shit show too over here. So it kind of <laughs> it kind of works, right? But yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 not a top five team it's a top 10 team playing against a top 20 team and only 16 make it so through so you you got we got to be not top 20 we got to be top 16 we got to play in the that top 16 level but we can beat the titans we can beat the titans Titans are beatable they are remember remember the titans (laughs) but what was wales Uh, i think we i think we were 16 and wales was 19 they were like the Bengals. (laughs) <laughs> ah, okay. Hmm. But I think they're we're, very we even. needed to win that game. I, I think a we're match. excuse me. We're kind of helped. losing it with the NFL metaphor. But what, what house house just to not not to spend any any more time on soccer really, but but really <laughs> what did happen in the second half? It looked like a totally different match. I mean, did did our guys go into you know prevent defense or did they get tired? What I mean, it just seemed like it was two totally different games. I do think that they got tired. One of our defenders, if you watch that game, Serginho Dest, uh, he was just falling behind and not being able to keep up with it. I think, and he played well, tentative because he had a yellow card. Well, substitution of that big six-five guy Moore was a great substitution. In the second half, fresh legs, tall guy, um, and I think we played a style in the first half 
called a high press, which really put the pressure and put whales back on their heels. It's not that we parked the bus, but we let go of the high press. They brought the high press to us in the second half. And I, I, they made some good strategic moves, substitutions, the way they played the game. And we didn't adjust as well. We were definitely on our heels the entire second half. We could have sneaked this one out without that. Whoever said in the beginning, we did not need to make that penalty. We did not need to make that play on the ball. And I don't know. It's like maybe a little outcoached though. A little bit outcoached in the second half, for sure. So for us to advance, we have to probably draw or win. So it's three points for a win, one point for a draw, and of course, zero for a loss. So Wales and us each have one point. Presumably, we're each going to beat Iran and now the question is, what does each team do against England? If both team has the same result against England, loss or draw, it's going to come down to the goal differential. So we need to score as many goals as we can against Iran. If we lose to England and England, if we lose to England, we have to hope that England beats Wales next week and we just load it up on Iran. So the best thing we can do is beat England. We'll be fine. Well, is it? <laughs> We also, right. We also, though, if we're going to lose to England, which we're not conceding, of course, but if we're going to, we want to lose like one, one nil and have them beat uh, uh, Wales like three nil. That would help also. True. True. Yeah. England England is so stacked with talent. Look at their reserve roster. And Rashford, Rashford is playing with confidence now, which he hasn't had much of. Since that was it was the European Cup where he blew the penalty kick. Yeah, I mean he looked he looked great in that game against Iran. And Raheem Sterling looks like the younger version of Raheem Sterling right now. Yeah, I mean when you're bringing people like Rashford and Graylish and stuff like that off the bench, that's a lot of firepower on the front line. But the story of that game was their midline and Saka. I mean, he was very very good midfielder. Set up set up the field most of the game and scored two goals. Hope, talk to us about a little college football. What do you got? Yeah, the third football, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. First of all, we got to say bye bye, fucking Rocky Top. Yes. Sorry for Tendon Hooker. That's a horrible injury. You know, yeah. best wishes. He had a great year, but Tennessee was living on borrowed time. And good Lord, did Beamer crush their ass at South Carolina? That was an ass whipping. 63 points. Is the most the top five teams given up? I think like in modern time to an unranked team. So another one year, one year after we predicted Rattler would would be uh, yeah a Heisman yeah. Trophy candidate. Yeah, yeah. he came exactly. alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like Bryce Young. Hold my beer. So, I can't uh, begin to tell you guys how much pain there is in Knoxville. Just in general, every single year. Yeah, but like this year, it had to be the worst. A lot of pain. My <laughs> my favorite was the the tweet that uh, they should tear the goalposts down at uh, Bryce Stadium and carry them all the way to the Tennessee River in Knoxville and dump them in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So so uh, uh, the top four teams, though, Jesus Christ. I mean, Georgia did win, not impressive win, but they won. You know, at Kentucky, not an easy game. Uh, Georgia plays to the level of their competition. They're going to beat Georgia Tech next week, uh, and then they'll play LSU in the championship game, SEC, and you know we'll see where they go. But but Ohio State, Tua's little brother, they had they had a legitimate chance to win that game, and um and I think that really makes you wonder how good is Ohio State, Michigan. Well, what, remember when Maryland <laughs> played um, uh, Michigan earlier this year? For three quarters, they gave them all they could handle. And then, right, and but, then faded fast in the fourth. They're Maryland good. They're a better been team. A good, they hadn't been a good team all year, cons, you know, consistently. And they, but they have risen to the occasion. Michigan, I don't know if you guys saw that fourth down play, but that was offensive pass interference. That guy ran a pick. He knocked the two guys off the ball. Uh, they completed the pass, and then the best, you know, kicker in college football made a field goal for them to win. But Michigan, unbelievable. Michigan is. You know, what what team are we going to get? So this is the week, guys. This is Michigan, Ohio State, 2-3 uh, on Saturday, um, the big noon Fox game. And, but it's uh, at the horseshoe, right? At the horseshoe. And, you know, um, fucking TCU. I just 
you know. Yes, we're waiting. Undefeated, I have a hard baby. Time. Undefeated. You'd like to say rank four. Anything at all? They, you'd like they to are say. the worst rank four team. Other than on behalf of Pope, we, we apologize like an apology. for his. <laughs> Look, TCU has not one, not two, not four, five fourth quarter comebacks. It's a mark of a good team. The cardiac mark a, kids, that's a mark of a good undefeated. team. They are living on the edge. USC, who beat UCLA in one of the all-time, you know, fun games to watch. That was a track meet. Last one with the ball was going to win. USC, if they went up against TCU, would be a double-digit favorite. That's how bad TCU is. Pope, is so, there a Big 12 conference championship? There is, and they're going to play. Assuming Kansas State beats Kansas, they're going to play Kansas State. And Kansas State, look what, look what they've done all year. They've been very inconsistent, but when they've yeah. been good, they've been unbeatable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all the pressure on TCU, when and you're in, maybe. So what happens, though, to Ohio State? You know, that that kind of is your college football analysis. doesn't go much beyond that. Like, what what's going on now with Ohio State, Michigan loser? That's the big question. If it's Ohio State who blows out Michigan, then Michigan's probably out. Close game. Michigan, you know, at Ohio State makes it close, loses on a last minute field goal, have a hard time saying Michigan doesn't get it. But, you know, what are you going to do with TCU? What if LSU beats Georgia? Now, I think that's not going to happen, but there's still a lot of questions. One thing we know is Tennessee's out, Alabama's out, pretty much anybody below USC is out. Georgia's in no matter what, right? I mean, even if they lose to LSU, they're in. Uh, 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 yes, unless there's just a weird scenario where they get blown out and it looks ugly. But yeah, I think they're in. Most Alabama teams that lose an SEC championship get to go to the final. Uh, right, right now, knocking on the door outside the top four are simply LSU and USC pretty much. That's pretty much it. I mean, well. But what happens if USC so loses got, to so Notre got, Dame? So you got well, Dabba. Well, right. When you got you got Clemson who lost to Notre Dame. Clemson's there. They're they're there. They're fringe. You know, they it it hurt Clemson by the Carolina blowing the game against Georgia Tech. That hurts Clemson on a quality win if they beat them in the ACC championship. Um, but you know, Clemson got blown out by Notre Dame. So let's let's see what Notre Dame does with USC. Because if USC beats Notre Dame, Clemson can go fuck themselves because there's no way yeah. they're going to the championship. Uh, playoffs. Did any of you guys watch that Notre Dame BC game? The BC quarterback looked like he was the JV quarterback. I mean, my <laughs> well, God, I I can't believe that is, BC is sunk awesome in that bad. low. Well, look, we Notre save Dame BC. is Notre Dame is save on quite BC. a roll. He got, save BC. He had scholarship offers to they Colgate to, and Boston College. They need to do better than that. Really, he gave up going to Union to play at <laughs> right. BC. Right. So. so so, but, you know, you got big games this weekend. You got Ohio State, Michigan. You got Notre Dame, USC. I mean, you got the big rivalry games. Obviously, you got the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn, which this year is not going to matter as far as the championship goes, which is unusual. Um, Don't, you we're gonna know a lot more. Don't you want to start with Friday's football game? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there some, some, <clears throat> since we're talking about BC, some mid level team does get a chance to play up with the bigs and this friday at 12 noon tulane plays at cincy the winner will host the aac championship and will likely be the team that goes as the (laughs) the the mercenary to take on the whoever in the cotton bowl by the way that ucf loss could have been the most shocking one of the weekend like oh yeah navy beating ucf at ucf was crazy how many completed passes did Navy have in the game? <laughs> like three, like one, zero. zero. They ran the ball the entire game. The entire game. In UCF, How many downs you they know what's for? coming every single play, oh, and you still can't beat them. That's bad coaching. They, they uh, wait. They didn't pass the ball once. They did not pass the ball once. They've done that before, and still beat them I love on that the road. Coach, by the way, it's like fuck it. We're not going to pass. Wow. So Don't that's forget. college football, guys. We're getting down to crunch Pope, time. USC's got to play a Pac-12 game too, right? Yeah, USC's going to have to play uh, maybe Oregon, Oregon, right? Because Oregon right. beat Utah. So they're going to pat if they can win out. They're padding that resume. Yes, for I don't Michigan, Ohio State loser. They're going to go right. head to head with them, right? Yeah, I think USC if they run the table. Beat Notre Dame, who's who's hot right now. 
and then they beat you know the Oregon uh, whoever is the other uh, Pac-12, then yeah. So I I think what you could be looking at is Georgia versus USC, fuck CU versus Ohio State for your college football playoffs. Sign me up for Georgia USC all day long. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting part of this year is this time of year is like at that Michigan Illinois game, there were 30 mile an hour winds going on. It'll be interesting to see what happens. All right. Yeah, that's the unknown. That's the unknown. Anything All else right. on college football, fellas? Oh, we got it. big week, rivalry week. All right, I'm excited. And who who do the who do the gate? Oh wait, we didn't talk about the Gators. Oh, we did not oh. talk about the Gators. Oh, we almost made it through. Damn it! Oh, Damn, so you, Damn you, Nate. Damn you. That was so, terrific. Milk, as cl- traditionally, Vanderbilt is the worst of the worst of the SEC. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. We had not lost there since 1988. Oh, so my God. So how, how many times? 88. Have, well, you were in diapers then. I can't, even count that, I can't even count that high. <laughs> how um, many times have they rushed the field? Guess who, was our, guess who 34 was our, years ago. Guess who the Gators running back was at Vanderbilt that day? Emmett Smith. Y- Emmett Smith. Fuck yeah. Wow. That's how long ago it was. Wow. Uh, Florida State's going to wax us. Just saying that. They're playing better. They're playing really well. A lot better than Florida. How does that feel for you, Mel? Terrible. <laughs> are you, you going to watch it? Yes, I'm going to watch it. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, that's... <sighs> Sorry to bring that up. That was a fun segment. Yeah, that was wow. kind of cruel. I hope Natalie enjoys it. She will. Okay. Rooster, you want to recap the end of the F1 season for us? I, I got to yeah. tell you, I didn't even see the race yet. I, I'll, I'll have to watch it later this week. Maybe you should take off your headphones. Yeah. <laughs> well, no surprise. The evil Max Verstappen won the last race in Abu Dhabi, won the uh, driver's championship and, um, Red Bull won the uh, constructors next year. Um, I, you know, it's going to be much of the same. It'll be interesting to see the advances that Mercedes and um, Ferrari make with their cars. It's all about the cars. I mean, they all have great drivers. It's all about the cars. Did, uh, did Ferrari replace their principal for next year? It's rumored it to happen in January, but it yeah, yes. that yeah. that'll be a big step for them. Yeah, they need to bring somebody who can speak fucking English on the Netflix show. I think that would help. Well, they need <laughs> to bring somebody in who's got the confidence of the drivers. That was the most American thing ever, right there. The most American <laughs> take ever. <laughs> oh god, it's frustrating. Shockingly, like, it was. I know of each all day. I know you know how to speak English. Just speak it. The uh, we have some new drivers. We have some new drivers, but honestly, I don't think it make, it's going to make a bit of difference for next year. Um, the uh, Ricardo's out, and they and this guy Piastri is yeah. in um, with with Norris with 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 Norris on, on what team is that? McLaren. 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 They're they, they better get their car to together they've taken a step backwards the last two years gasly's in with ocon at alpine again they've they've come up a little bit this year but they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be in the hunt until they oh, shuffling chairs on the deck of the titanic basically i don't know i don't understand haas for the life of me they've got the two oldest drivers um next next to um Alf- alonso and their car sucks every year. I mean, they, I don't know why they don't just pack it in. Either that or go with youth. Go with a youth movement. Bring on a woman, for God's sakes. Do something interesting. But who the hell wants to see Magnuson and Hulkenberg drive the, that shit car around a track? Rooster and House, I have a question for you. Who finished second in the uh, for the drivers? Leclerc. Yeah, he beat Perez. So, he beat Perez. If Max had let Checo through last week, who would have finished second? Very likely Checo. Yeah. Wow. Very likely. So that's going to be the interesting thing that next is year. Such is, bullshit. Does Checo, does Checo race next year like the good little second driver, or 
does he say, I'm just going to give Max a little dose of his own medicine? I hope it's the latter. It'll make yeah. next year interesting. Yeah. So we've got an American on the grid next year. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that might be the big story, right? Really? Yeah, Logan yeah. Sargent's going to be racing Logan's. for Williams. He got enough credits in F2, and uh, Williams has an American behind the wheel next year. That's going to be fun. Valmont. Yeah. Why can't – let me ask you guys because I'm. you guys are, well, more versed than I am in F1. But, like, let's take Haas, for instance. Is If Max was driving a Haas – car would he be terrible is it the yes. car? He'd, the be, he'd, yes. be, he'd be mediocre okay right. so why can't Haas just fucking design a better car why is it so hard well they put is all their resources super, into nascar is it money like what is it it's it so there's a first of all there yes it's all money i mean the, the bottom line is a lot of these teams are making massive upgrades as this as the season goes on too right and they're continuing to develop uh and they're spending money and, you know, they have like what was the joke on on F1 on the drive to survive one year is that yeah. uh, Ferrari or, or Ferrari Mercedes. has as many people, Mercedes has as many people on vacation at any one time as Haas has in their entire team. Yep. So just yeah. a number of engineers and developers. Yep. And then, yeah. you know, Mercedes says, oh, we need a new front wing. And they've got 100 engineers who, uh, you know, who develop a new front wing for them. And Haas is just, you know they're 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 doing the best they can with what they've got. Yeah, that guy, uh, the Haas principal was was featured in season one. I think what is his Gunther name? Steiner? Gunther. Yeah, and he he did say that he said um, that Mercedes leaves home for each race more people than Haas has on their entire team. And, and Rooster isn't wouldn't you say like one of the best examples of driver versus car happened this year when. George Russell moved from Williams into Mercedes and Botas moved from Mercedes yeah. down to Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Botas is yeah. terrible. He's not a racer. Botas is a car, qualifier. Now. He's not a racer. Yeah. So it's a lot about the car. Cause I it's think a lot about the car. George Russell is a good driver, but he couldn't do anything with that Williams car. Right. And well, even the year before they moved him up when uh, I think it was Hamilton had COVID and Russell raced one time in a Mercedes car and got third place. Yeah. But but milk to the, you know, the, the thing that still makes it interesting, even though the car is so important to the whole thing is you really do have these, these tiers of who's competing against who, right? So you, you have Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari all consider themselves the upper echelon, although Red Bull was heads and shoulders above everyone else this year, it seemed like from a team standpoint. But after that, you have, you know, McLaren, is really competing with Alpine and, uh, you know, uh, Alfa Romeo's competing with Alfa Tauri. And, and I mean, they're, they're really competing with their peer teams. They know who they should be beating on the grid. And those are their targets. That's what they're trying to do. So you have races within the race a lot uh, of times. That makes sense. And, you know, if you have a top tier car like Ferrari did this year, and you and you're Leclerc driving against Verstappen and Perez. You can't afford screw ups by your engineers and your um, pit crew, and they had right. too much of that this year. Yeah, so yeah. The, the, there's just no margin for error. So if you if our listeners want to hear a little bit more uh, plus plus on the F1 stuff, there's a great podcast called Stateside F1. Uh, we're going to have those guys on next year. They've asked the SMQBs through House to guest on their episode, their season-ending episode. So I'm going to jump on this week for the recap of Abu Dhabi, nice. and we're going to yeah. have some cross-promotion. But Stateside F1 is a great, great F1 podcast. Um, check them out. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, guys, it's the, uh, it's the Thanksgiving week. Uh, before we get into punching people and – Lassos, I think we should all uh, share one sports story we're grateful for this year. House, you want to go first? You seem to have an abundance of uh, of exciting <laughs> sports stories. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I can't believe I had things to choose from. And I, while the obvious choice, and I'm not ungrateful. I just want God to hear me. I'm not ungrateful for the Phillies. While the obvious choice is the Phillies and the World Series run, 
uh, believe it or not, I'm going to go college football because I know, I know I, my, I am an alma mater of Tulane university that I'm an alumnus of Tulane university. That's my alma mater. They're not supposed to be good in football. It's a 7,000 uh, student school with mostly three-star players. Uh, they're in a league, which is pretty good with Cincinnati and Houston and Memphis and UCF. Uh, and that conference is going to end the AAC. Well, it's still going to be around, but half those teams are leaving for the big 12. We're going to be playing a bunch of crap next year. UT, UT San Antonio and a bunch of, so basically in the last year that we're competing in a decent conference where we have a chance to go to a good bowl, they put it all together. Willie Fritz is an incredible coach. They've made a magical run and we're going to be playing in a decent bowl this year, whether or not it ends up being the cotton bowl that on top of having a couple of kids there while it happens for them to see that firsthand uh, to my sons are, are there Tulane. that for me is I'm, I'm really grateful to be experiencing Tulane football make a run in this year of all the sports stories, uh, the Eagles and the Phillies, they'll have time again, the Sixers, they'll all have time down the road where they have this special year. This might be a one for all time for Tulane. That's my gratitude for this year. <clears throat> wow. I'm rooting for him Friday, man. Me too. I don't want to see Cincy <laughs> back in. Milk, what do you got? I'm grateful for two things. First thing is this year has shown me how grateful I sh- you should be when your professional sports teams are doing really well. And Tampa went through really, when you think about it, an unbelievable run in 20 and 21 when all three sports made the World Series, Super Bowl, and the Stanley Cup Finals and won, won two out of three of those. And now the Bucks are struggling. They're starting to dismantle the Rays, except for Kevin Kiermaier, which was an outstanding move. <laughs> uh, the Lightning are—they're doing okay. They've won, but they're—you know—they're—they're they're probably starting their decline. So it's going to be a lot of rebuilding. Um, so when your professional sports teams house listen close, closely are doing really well, appreciate it because it doesn't last forever, um, and you don't know when they'll be back in a in a world championship. So. I'm grateful for for experiencing that uh, for that couple of years. And the second thing is I'm very grateful for Tom Brady finally realizing he was in a bad marriage and he's getting out. And now we're going to go on a run. All right. <laughs> now and you can screw have through you, no. Giselle. Now, now, you, now he's available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I date him? Rooster, oh, my God. Rooster, what about you? Well, first of all, I am grateful for the SMQBs. I really am. This has been Aww. fun. 91 <laughs> episodes. It's been a lot of fun. Right back at you, bud. Yeah. Um, I I was tempted to say I was grateful for Brian Dayball making the Giants relevant again, but I really have to go with the guy behind me, Aaron Judge. Um, he is just the epitome of of a, of, of an athlete who you can admire. He's, he's a solid guy. He's a good guy. You never hear any negative press about him. He's polite to all of the press. He's just a good person. And when he, when he was a rookie, um, it it seemed like it was inevitable that he was going to be a superstar. He was the uh, rookie of the year unanimous pick in 2017. The first at bat he had the year before was a home run. He came in second for the MVP in 2017. And then he had, you know, he had a bunch of, after, after the home run derby, remember he got hurt, sort of tweaked his swing in the home run derby and had a couple of years where he struggled a little bit by his standards. And the concern was he was never going to really beat his potential because he's one of these big dudes who got hurt a lot. And here we are five years later, he's the MVP after 61 years standing, he, he breaks Roger Maris's home run record of 61, uh, the all-time home run record in the American League and arguably in the major leagues. Um, so I, I'm just grateful that he did this as a Yankee, that he stayed a Yankee. And I really, really hope and pray that uh, Brian Cashman gets his shit together and signs him for a long-term deal. 
The Yankees cannot afford to lose Aaron Judge. Bison, you got a lot going on in D.C. What are you grateful for for all those sports teams? Well, uh, I'm just happy. Oh, that my this wasn't called oh did he just, this oh my. Was it called a oh, fake? Did he just change his picture? <laughs> I got to take this picture. Oh, wait. I'm just, uh, I'm just thankful that the rest Tell our listeners missed. what you just did, Bison. Well, it looks like to me, like, I'm not sure that he's actually grabbing the face mask. It's a picture of Jamin Davis not face masking. Dallas got it in in the game last Monday night. So you tell his $10,609 missing from his bank account that. Yeah, I know. So, Damn. no, I'm, I'm, wow. I'm, th- listen, there's only one thing to be thankful for in Washington right now, and that is that Dan Snyder is selling the team. And, uh, I mean, like the darkness that has been over the franchise and just the complete feeling that it will never ever end and go away because he's a relatively young guy uh as far as owners go i mean i still i still feel like have these nightmares that he's gonna decide he's not selling but it seems like this is for real and and actually happening so just the just the hope that he's selling the team i'll be thankful for this thanksgiving I have one last thing that I'm grateful for, and that is that uh, House and Bison know so much about F1 because I didn't look at the agenda and had no idea that <laughs> I was going to be asked to talk about F1 during this episode. And my attempt to wing it was falling flat. So thanks for rescuing me, guys. You did great. But I think uh, our our uh, last SMQB Pope, who's partying, I think he's getting dreadlocks right now in Jamaica as we speak. Yeah. But well, what on his back I, hair? Well, I, the guys, the guys got so many teams in the mix. What would we guess that he has his gratitude for? God knows, man. I mean, is it the Braves winning another division? Is it? Uh, I, I don't. I, I, I don't I, even know. I guess it would probably have to be North Carolina doing that run and knocking out coach K twice and, yeah. uh, and Hubert Davis being a stud in yeah. one or whatever. Right. It's gotta be UNC, yeah. right? I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's what it is. Oh, sure. So. Either that or Alabama it's basketball. Alabama. Yeah. Alabama <laughs> basketball. Alabama, <laughs> oh, Nick Saban or LSU baseball. <laughs> LSU baseball. He lives in New Orleans for a while. How about Maybe the SMU late. game? Maybe it's his team, Golden State. <laughs> He's happy that a, um, Anthony Davis is back playing well for the Lakers. He's feeling healthy yeah. and good. He's he's, right, liking, how's... he's liking USC a little too much. You know <laughs> <what I> mean. <laughs> little too much. Well, you know, he has an aunt who one time uh, got stuck with a flat tire near the USC campus. In Los and ever since then, and ever since then, he's had an affinity for for USC. That's, so no, Lane, Lane Kiffin. Coached at Alabama. He was the head coach at USC. There's the connection. That's it. All right, House. You got a punchable face? Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. You guys know, I, I can't really explain what it is I have about Giannis. I, I know he's a spectacular athlete and he's uh, a world champion and he stayed with one team his whole career, probably would have had a chance to leave. I, I don't know what it is that sticks under my crawl before, but now he's moved way up the enemy slot because after the Sixers beat the Bucks the other night in Philadelphia, the night before, Giannis had gone four for 11 from the line. And he has this thing that after uh, games to improve his free throws, he has to take 10 free throws. So after going four for 11, he does his stupid free throws, comes into Philadelphia. And what does he do? He goes four for 15. So he didn't really make much improvement from that little stupid routine. He takes seven free throws. And now it's well after the game is over and he decides uh, that, that he's got to get in his routine and the stadium workers are taking the stadium down. There's a post event at the stadium that night 
there's a it was a nationally televised game. The ladder's already taken down the other side, so they're like, okay, enough is enough, and they they start putting the ladder under the basket. And he says, no, you got to move it out of the way. And they said they he move they move the basket. He moves the ladder a little bit, and the workers say, no, we really got to break this down. He puts the ladder back under the basket, and this little baby who is away on an opposing court. Everybody, it's time to go home. He takes the ladder and he shoves it to the floor and throws it down the floor. Fortunately, nobody got hurt. There wasn't any damage. But come on, Giannis. I mean, like, honestly, you are not bigger than everybody else. You're not on your home court. Go practice your free throws in Milwaukee. Go practice them at the local gym. Go practice them before the next game where probably makes more sense than after one game. And, like, let's – you're not bigger than the little guy. You get a – punch in the face from me that's my punchable face uh, i'm calling homer on this one now nah, this is deserved i saw the video it's bad i've seen it's house bad. behave worse than that after losing in beer pong that's true but i'm but, not a but, professional athlete but house to yeah. be fair if you were going to punch jonathan in the face you would need that ladder so. <laughs> that's a good one that was good but, but it is that's a good punchable face. He deserves it. I like him, but that that was a bad look. That was a bad look for him. All right, Rooster, you got a lasso? Barbecue sauce. Yeah, um, I've got a lasso for the conscience of F1 racing, Seb Vettel, who uh the German racer. Uh, for Aston Martin is re- he retired after finishing 10th in the last race last weekend of the season. He's one of the most, I guess, people who just in this country who just picked up on F1 in the last few years probably don't realize that Seb Vettel is one of the most successful drivers in the history of F1. Um, he from 2010 to 2013 was the lead driver for Red Bull and won four consecutive driver's championships during that period of time. He's an interesting guy. Like I say, he's the conscience of the, of F1. He speaks five languages. Uh, he's the guy who, um, wore the pride flag, uh, during the Hungarian grand prix in 2021, after all the, uh, gay bashing going on from their president. He's the guy who said, if we're going to, if we hold the Russian Grand Prix this year after they invaded Ukraine, I'll lead a boycott. He's the guy who organized an all woman cart race last year during the Saudi Grand Grand Prix. Um, you know, he's just like that. And, and he's, he's, a, he's a really thoughtful, interesting guy who finished out his career as a leader kind of off, off the track. And I just want to say farewell to Seb Vettel. We're going to miss him. He was a hell of a driver when he was young and a better person as he aged out after 20, maybe 21 years of racing. It's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. Did you see um, just a couple sort of notable things about that? They they had all the drivers uh, got together and went to dinner I guess Thursday night, or maybe it was Wednesday night, one night before they all 20 drivers went to dinner to celebrate uh, Vettel. That's how, how well regarded he is. Uh, and then also, I think there was two or three guys who wore Vettel helmets, uh, at least during qualifying uh, this weekend in honor of him. So um, I think respected uh, in the garage uh, as well as, uh, off the track too. Yeah, there was there was also a great video just before they started the race. All the drivers lined up, uh, you know, in their gear, and as Seb came out of whatever would be the equivalent of the the locker room, they were all lined up like on both sides, just giving him a standing ovation. It was very very cool. He is yeah. revered by these drivers. Yeah, yep. really is good one, good one, Rooster. All right, anybody got anything else? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy everybody. Thanksgiving. Hey, thankful to you our listeners. I, thankful for our listeners. Yeah. Enjoy your families and some football. When this is uh, published tomorrow, it will be one of our best listener and my 25th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary, Benna. Thanks for listening to all 90 oh. episodes so far. I love you. 
Bennett, oh. by the way, knows more about the NHL than all five of us put together. Yeah, that's right. Happy anniversary, guys. Happy anniversary, Bennett. The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay. And he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.